It's the Esports Connected podcast, where we welcome members of the Esports Trade Association to share their experiences in the world of esports and gaming. I'm your host, Megan Van Petten. Welcome back, everyone, to Esports Connected. This is our very first episode where we have a guest co-host, Trevor Johnson. Trevor, would you like to introduce our guest today? Yeah, and I'm pleased to introduce our guest, Jacob Ramey. He's the CEO and founder of Platinum TDM. And I can't wait to hear a little bit more about his thoughts on the industry and how it's always changing. I and mean, I definitely can't wait to hear how ESCA can help in that journey. All right, well, let's get started, Trevor. Yeah, so Jacob, so what, what are some of your plans to elevate esports events so that the events that like you run like stick out uh, above the crowd? Well, I think the first thing is always uh, experimenting with new technologies. It really comes down to how engaging we want to be with audience members. And I think the future of entertainment in general has a lot to do with the esports market. So finding ways that using old techniques, bringing in new technologies, and really letting the audience kind of build their own adventure experience is a great way to keep people engaged, keep people coming back. And, and when you engage and they keep coming back, it allows you to be more productive on social media to get more views from more people. So it's kind of feeds into one another that the more engagement or retention you get, the more presence you'll get. And then more people will be talking about the new technologies that you're bringing forward. Tell us a little bit about old theater and new technology. Yeah. I mean, people have a, a desire to be in person, in space with people. So finding ways to match that experience, whether it be AR, VR, extended reality, due to the pandemic and due to the change in our event structures, we're seeing new and innovative ways to engage and really bring people in. And really, at the end of the day, it's about connect, making connections. So finding the best ways for people that would typically want to shake hands or meet in person to do it in a way that's a virtual way. So you know, we're, we've been diving into what holograms look like in the future. So someone in India can be doing a presentation in the United States without having to wear any goggles or glasses. LED wall technology to make, I think everyone's familiar with the Mandalorian at this point. So being able to put any background that is camera ready and immerse people in the esports world, you know, having gaming going on around the person that's on stage. The opportunities are endless when it comes to the technologies. And a lot of the experience people don't think about is, you know, contact, for example, shaking hands. There's gloves now that vibrate or have pressure sensors so that people can shake hands remotely. Interesting things like that that are more than just visual, more than just audio. Uh, it's tactile. It smells. It's, you know, feelings. So it's it's when you talk about the old theater styles, you know, there was uh, emotion meant to be driven from each show. So when we talk about experiences and events, it's really from start to finish. It's the engagement from the very first invitation all the way through to the next event that's going to happen, right? You're leaving them with an amazing experience so that they talk about it and they want to come back for more. Yeah, you talk, you touched a lot on retention there, but let's let's look uh, a little bit more about the specifics as to like how we're going to engage them. You mentioned holograms and being fully immersed kind of in the in the experience. What are like specific ways that we could do that or see that come to fruition? Well, there are a lot of tricks of the trade. For example, right now we're, you know, on a Zoom platform where we're a floating head. That's become commonplace. So 
simple things like having a camera that does a full body shot or multiple camera shots are ways to keep people engaged. The other big way is how the audience participates in the event. So we use several platforms and there's, there's some really great ones out there. Borja Virtual is a, a partner client of ours that does a lot of great work. There's uh, GamerJive, which is a 3D immersion platform, very much like gaming, but has a meeting component in it as well. New technologies really pique people's interests and then using, like I said, different camera shots, different angles. But the big thing is, is how people decide to engage, whether it's commenting, whether it's they might come up on stage. We have often said in some of our events, be ready. You might get pulled up on stage just like in a live event. So you need to be engaged. You need to be paying attention. It can't just be a Zoom call behind your windows that you're listening to. Because I may say, hey, Trevor, you're going to come up on stage with our MC and he's going to ask you a few questions. That kind of surprise, build your own adventure, really allows people to feel like they're a part of, and it keeps them on their toes. So the more on their toes there are, the, the higher the retention is. You know, the, the standard, about a 20% fall off in the first hour when it comes to Zoom. When you start looking at different platforms, different means of engagement, different tools to engage, simple things like sending a care package where they need to drink coffee together at the same time. So they're experiencing touch, smell, taste. Those things dramatically decrease the amount of drop-off. And we've seen as low as 3% over the first hour. So you're, you're retaining well over you know 97% of your audience if you just use these small tricks. And I say tricks, they're just really experiences that people want to be involved in and come back for more. Thank you, Jacob. Can you tell us a little bit more about Platinum TDM and what you do? Absolutely. So I'm a, like we talked a little bit about, I'm an old school theater guy. I went to school for lighting design, loved the theater, got rolled up in rock and roll and then spit out into the corporate world doing live events. And I saw a huge hole in the market where people, my competitors would only care about the million dollar client. And I saw a competitive advantage to say, you know, there's plenty of $10,000, $100,000 clients that really need that same level of service, and they really want someone to care about their message and cause. So fast forward, I'm a live event company. I'm growing, doing great things, pandemic, right? We were very fortunate to have a client that had an office in Wuhan that said, you know, maybe you should invest in the virtual market. There might be some problems. So we did their global virtual event, and they invested in us and got some cameras, learned some lessons. And, and then it really became, what? Are, how do we stand out and how are we going to survive the pandemic? And we actually flourished in it because we started, A, talking to people for free and consulting. Here's how we would do it. Here's what our suggestions are. So people gained a level of trust with us. And then we just perfected that business model of saying, hey, we've tried all the platforms. Here's what the best fit is for what you're trying to accomplish. So we kind of tailored the experience, not only virtual, but in-person from start to finish. Like I said earlier about invitations, you know, simple things like that that really have a dynamic impact on the overall experience. So we very quickly became what I like to call an audience retention and engagement specialist. So it's not so much about what microphone we're bringing or what LED wall we're bringing, but it's more about how the whole picture fits together, which ties very much back into my theater roots, which a lighting design doesn't matter if there's no set design, if there's no actors, it's all about the overall painting and experience. So my company has particularly specialized in advancement of technology and really focusing on not just the 
uh, client's experience, but the audience experience, the end user's experience. One thing that's really interesting to me is you're almost talking about uh, bringing that like in person. Uh, not, it, it, you're like combining theater with movie magic, which I think sounds awesome. Can you talk more, uh, just a little bit more about that transition? Like you said, you're all about live events. And then everyone saw that pivot. Can you talk a a little bit more about that experience or or maybe some of those lessons that you learned? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was just an overwhelming fear from a lot of our clients about people being bored on their laptops. So how do you, you know, how do you find the answer to that? And I think it is when you have the expertise in exciting live events, how you make the, the small screen of a laptop feel like they're sitting in an auditorium and they're rocking out to a concert. It's about bringing in as much experiential as you can, in my opinion, but also understanding what platforms do what. So nothing turns people off more than not being able to figure out how to do something. That's why Zoom is so prevalent. It's easy to use. So when you're talking about an event, you need to think about your barrier of entry. So there are services like GamerJive that for a young gamer who is you know more in your market, excellent software because everyone in that market knows that ASDW is up, down, left, right in the gaming world on a PC, right? But if you have 60, 70-year-old VPs of sales that are not familiar with that, it's not the right fit. So you've got to find a software with a low enough barrier of entry that everyone has a good experience because frustration already sets you back. If, If they don't like what they're doing as soon as they log on, you've you've lost the battle. So identifying your clear market is a part of our conver- our consultation which is who's going to come to this event and what do you want them to experience. It really changes how you look at an event because a lot of producers and event managers make events frankly with their egos. What do they want to see? How cool would it be if they did this? With virtual, you have to tailor it almost like a movie premiere of who's this movie going to really, you know, engage with? Is it uh, a melodrama? Is it a a love comedy? You know, like there's plenty of uh, good examples in the world. But in this case, it's, you know, sometimes it's who's on the sales executive team. Who are these type of people? Are they teenagers or, or 18 and up that that have a real strong gaming background? Or are they older old money executives that are going to be frustrated as soon as they turn on the computer. Now, there there are some situations where there's a no win, right? There are some people that are just not going to understand the technology. But as it's becoming more user friendly and more um, consume available for consumers, the production stuff gets easier for people to understand and manage. And I think that's the one thing, if anything, that came out of the pandemic that it was a positive because it was all very negative. The positive is new technologies are becoming easier to access for everyone. It's not so specialized. You need experts like me to help cut through all the noise of all of the new products and new softwares that come out every other day. Most of them are VMeets with a new skin slapped on it. There's nothing truly innovative about majority of the new stuff that comes out. But every now and then there's a gem. And we, we as an industry, especially in the esports industry, have to stay up to the next level of technology. And I'll use the example of the Fortnite concert that was not hugely well received, but it was a very interesting innovation. And I think as, as we've talked about, that's really where the future of entertainment is going to go because of, like I said, that build your own adventure activity where you get to decide how you experience the content with a live element as well. I just resonate so much with what you said. Last night, I sat down 
6.30 and went to go on a clubhouse and just put my feet up. And before I knew it, within five minutes, I was on stage (laughs) talking about whatever their topic was. It was about what's your brand. And I found myself on my feet, wide awake and engaged. And they did their job. And they did it without video. They did it without there. There are ways to engage and and get people interested. It's about understanding your audience. It's about understanding your content and it's understanding how to break into the market with that discussion. People by nature love to talk about what they're interested in. And if you give them a platform to do it, um, it comes into that audience management a little bit because you don't want just everyone out on stage, but bringing people from the audience is a very, very interesting way, like I said earlier, to keep people engaged. And I liked how Clubhouse did it. Um, What I saw was the microphone and it said, you know, they're inviting you to come on. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, geez, this wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to tone down and relax and have an experience, not be the experience. But I was really glad I did it. And we're launching our first Clubhouse lunch tomorrow. So it was it was really impactful for me to be able to make a contribution last night to even better set the tone for our eSports Trade Association's Clubhouse tomorrow. Well, I mean, and how easy was it, right? That's that barrier of entry that we're talking about, that the more attainable it is, the more the audience will grow quickly. So when you talk about video games and you talk about the eSports arena, it's becoming more and more commonplace for all generations to play or to get involved in the esports world. That is a great thing for events because now we can leverage higher end technologies that are more user friendly. And I think that example is a great one of you should be on every form of media you can. You should try different events on different versions of media like Clubhouse, which is a totally different experience than a Facebook Live. It's that differentiation that's going to keep people from putting you in the background, right? That's the goal at the end of the day for any virtual event or really even any live event. We want them in the room, engaged and active in what they're doing. You don't want them out in the lobby eating snacks. You know, you don't want them working on an email or doing something else while they're on screen. You want them engaged and and you want them to have a different or new experience. Um, so there's a little bit of a pivot with this question here, but I'm, I'm a really big esports guy. I'm, I'm around it, working it, a little bit of everything. So what's one of the coolest things that you've seen, like whether it be like a league, an esports league do to kind of pivot with these virtual events? that we're- I've seen a lot of great work in the immersion of live event, hybrid event model. I've seen a rounded LED wall where there's an MC who's talking about each gamer that's on the wall and, you know, showing... It feels like they're standing in the combat zone. Let's say it's Call of Duty. I think it was Call of Duty or something like that, where it looks like the MC is in the battlefield with them, and then it takes over the screen so you can watch what's going on. But that back and forth, like I said, it's a simple video switch, but it really, like putting them in the elements there makes people like, whoa, I'm watching this, right? Uh, Especially in tournaments where it looks like you know, they're moving into the tournament and talking about what's going on behind them. And then you get the pan over of the gamer that's actually playing at their station. I think from a video production standpoint and an immersion standpoint, very interesting. Like it, it's it's very, you know, very capturing stuff. And I think there's a lot of behind the scenes that you get in that 
that that's very interesting to non-gamers as well. Like, how are they doing that? This is so cool. So that I think that would, I hope that answered the question that there's just been some phenomenal work with video walls, different camera angles and, and full immersion like that to make people feel like they're there. I could not agree more. I think my example goes to Call of Duty 2. You don't know this about me. Big Call of Duty guy. But I get in their league and stuff. Even as much like what a green screen can do just to help elevate that production, I think is really cool to me. Um, and I, I just from your examples, it sounds like a great thing. Yeah. And with LED wall technology now, you know, the green screen was a great solution for a certain amount of time, but without perfect lighting, you see, just like now with my blur, you see some imperfections with the new 1.2 millimeter LED walls. The pitch is 1.2, similar to what they used on the Mandalorian. It really feels like you're in there and there's no artifacts that don't look right. It's you're genuinely there. And, and that's, I think that's going to become more and more commonplace. And then we're going to have to push to holograms or AR because it'll, it'll be the new thing. Everyone, it'll be like the zoom where it's just continued to use. Then we're going to have to really get people into virtual reality or do something crazy to get people uh, fully invested. It's always going to push the needle forward in events. I think esports is a driver of that and will continue to be because gaming technology is all about experience and immersion. That's what we're trying to accomplish with events. So there's a natural back and forth between those things. I really appreciate your expertise and your boutique mission to help people where they are. And an example I'll give is very early in April, I created a Zoom Sunday brunch last year. And it was a little frustrating for some and then a little exciting for others. But I was having these Sunday virtual Zooms and people thought, it was, many people thought it was very advanced and many, you know, many people thought it was, might be boring. But at the end of the day, COVID did bring us together virtually. Nothing will ever replace the in-person handshake. I love the hybrid. You know, I love that we're here and we've come such a long way in one year. Trevor was saying earlier he has no problem sending a tweet to the president of any company, mm -hmm. but, but there's nothing like handing them a business card. That's and right. It sounds like, you know, when it comes to experiences, you're the guy and I'm so glad you joined the association. Can you tell us a little bit why and where you had me was your theater background. That is like no one that I've talked to about events has that whole theater view. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I watch a lot of gaming stuff on Facebook, and um, I think Facebook's always listening, not to be, uh, you know, it's it, it's just a fact of the world. And they started putting more and more esports. Now, I'm a pretty casual gamer. My wife and I like to kill each other at Call of Duty regularly. It works out any sort of argument or tension that may happen. But your, your stuff kept popping up. So I saw that you were relevant on social media. And then LinkedIn, again, I think everybody's listening on the social media world. It just kept kept popping up, kept popping up. All right, I got to find out what this is. I connected with you. And then more and more, like I said, I think the future of events has a lot to do with the esports industry because I think the technology and gaming has continued to push how we 
how the technology works in events any everything from projection screens right people used to play games on projection screens the the displays that we look at on video gamings they they added to led technology i think it's always pushing the needle forward and to see an organization that's recognizing that and bringing businesses together that are invested in the esports arena and acknowledging that it is really like I say, pushing the needle forward, that uh, that's a huge value because that means people are looking at the next level of technology. So when I talk to them about the tech that's coming out, they don't go cross-eyed and like, I don't know what that is. It's more of how do we implement that and how do we make it cost-effective to continue to develop a great experience for everyone? I, I don't think I could agree more with you there. Like I said, big esports guy, um, still in school and I've started dabbling in production. So it's great to hear about like all of these advancements and stuff that are being made in the industry. But this one, this one may be a little bit harder. What's your aside? I mean, you mentioned holograms and stuff like that, but what's like the, the next big thing that you think is going to come out before the end of the year? I think that arguably full body immersion, meaning like a suit that takes impact or, you know, vibrates or absorbs. I think we already have wearable glasses that can do VR. I think they're going to get slimmer. I think they're going to get more like, you know, glasses and less like binoculars. And I think that there's going to be, have you seen, I presume you've seen player one. I think that's what the movie's called. I think we're very close to a similar technology. Um, in the virtual reality space. And I could do, talk about a whole tangent we did with a, a neuroscience group that treated PTSD and some phobias with these immersion suits and immersion technology. But I think with every new technology, it comes out at the high dollar value. Then it gets down to the event or more professional level. There's like the highest professional, and then it becomes consumer grade. I think we're very close to the professional so that we're going to see how that immersion works with Microsoft and with, with those groups. And then it'll become more consumer, I think, over the next year, maybe maybe a little bit more. That's just my perspective. Take it for what it is. I've seen the stuff. I think it's cool. I think enough people are sitting at home and wanting this pandemic to be over. So they're like, let's find new technologies that, you know, gets me off the couch. And another great example of that innovative wise, Pokemon Go, right? Huge, crazy thing that happened. Dogs are exhausted because you're walking them too often because you got to catch the Pokemon. I think there are ways with new technologies similarly to get people to be as active as that in the esports market. I was just going to say, I was just going to mention that. What are we doing for our burnout, Zoom burnout? Because I'll, I, exactly what happened last night to me was I was sitting down to not be on Zoom. It's the only reason why I joined the clubhouse. And there I was on my feet engaged. And it, it did the opposite. It actually woke me up. And then I had a hard time winding back down to go to bed. So what what about Zoom burnout? Because it, it is real. And I feel it here and there myself. Well, I think it's mixing old with the new. I love phone calls. I think it's a dying art. I like talking on the phone. It's a different experience. It's a different engagement. Just like uh, Clubhouse is a different engagement to Zoom. I think when you're fighting burnout, you, you like I said before about going different veins of media. 
I think you need to continue to use different elements of to communicate. And, and a little bit of that is translated into the esports market of playing different video games, right? Like I'm not just going to constantly play a role playing game every day. Well, I will until I beat it because that's just who I am as a person. I have to have the 100% complete, but I'm going to switch to a first person shooter. I'm going to switch to something else so it doesn't get stagnant. I think using different tools, different platforms and doing non-video or, or video and, and sending care packages and doing things together more than just looking at each other on a screen and talking, it really comes down to not being repetitive with the same technologies, in my opinion. I am on Zoom so much of my day. A lot of my day is just teaching people how to mute and unmute themselves or a lot of my team's day, I'll say. But anytime we can convince someone to try something new and different, there's usually some resistance, but then once they try it, they never go back. I mean, it's all about the next interesting thing. And it could just be as simple as, you know, a camera shot that shows me standing up. That's something different. That's a different engagement than just my floating head. So I think it really comes down to trying new things regularly to to fight burnout. Well, Jacob, I think uh, I can say that we've both learned a lot. Megan and I have learned so much about uh, everything that you do. And it's been great to hear and uh, to have some more insight kind of in some of these advances. Uh, Do you have any final parting words uh, for anyone, any advice um, when it comes to virtual events? Well, you know, I think uh, you don't want to fight with the technology. If, if you're not passionate about the technology, don't do it. You know, I, I have an accountant that always says, there are some people that love spreadsheets. Jacob, you are not one of those people. I truly believe finding the right person or the right expert to help guide you so that you can focus on your content and you can focus on what you want people to experience. I don't know that you need to worry about the how as much if you have an expert in your corner. And that's really what we're here to do. But I'm not suggesting everyone come to me right now. I'm saying, Find someone in your market that is an industry specialist and ask questions. The only way you're going to push the envelope with your business is if you understand the technology that the new technology that's out there. Uh, there's a great friend company of mine called Media Tech Ventures that says every company is a technology company, every company is a media company, and every company is a marketing company. You don't have to be good at all three of those things, but you need to understand or have an expert that understands those three things to help get your brand out there. Thank you for joining us. It's been great. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you, Megan. Yeah, thanks. It's, it's been great. It really has been great to be able to hear all these things. Thanks to Megan uh, for being our host and allowing me to, to guest host. It's, it's been awesome to be able to hear from you, Jacob, um, and all the things that you've done. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully I can be a return guest at some point, maybe when some new tech comes out, but I'm really grateful to be a part of the organization and really just to share what's going on in the technology market. And hopefully it helps some people out. And we're signing off. Megan Van Petten, Trevor Johnson, Esports Connected. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. The Esports Connected Podcast is part of the Esports Future Eye Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. If you love what you hear, please be sure to subscribe or follow and leave us a review. 